Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back, and we got a special guest today at the bottom. Finally. At the bottom, Miss Vashti Hurt. Hey, guys. Round of applause. Thanks for having me. Thank you for finally showing up. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, I got we the link it. late because of Thank Jamal. Thank you, Sean. Okay. I, I, look, I totally believe you. Jamal, Jamal be late to his own funeral if you let him. I know he will be. And then try to blame it on me, but that's okay. What's in that cup, Jamal? Nah, man, just some special little sauce, that's all. Okay. Tea with some tea with some Hennessy? Yeah, possibly. Vice, <laughs> how was your week? Uh, busy. Oh, goodness. Busy week, going to training camp. I had a cousin who got married on Tuesday. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, awkward day to get married, but, you know, we were there nonetheless. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was a very busy week for me, but I made it through. Gotcha. Kaza, how was your week? Not too bad. Crazy with uh, all the stuff going on in NBA free agency. I mean, just craziest offseason the Hornets have had in a while. We'll talk about that. Yeah, you got that right. Jamal, not, not that um, we care, but how was your week? Um, I, I am I am week two uh, with my first vaccination shot. I have yet to discover a chip in my body. Um, I have no ill side effects just yet. I have no mutations. Um, I have no other weird things going on. So it's it's, it's been a good week. You lying? So you 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 you're, you're a ward of the state now. You don't even yeah yeah. You know I'm, I'm property of the government now. I guess Jamal, so. what took you so long to get your shot? No, uh, man, you know, just I, I had questions. I, I wanted to do my own research, you know. I wanted to. Vash, you want to get an answer? You, know. you get an answer? Yes. You see how long it took you to get that link? Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. You see, now. You, look, you, you, you see the positive correlation with it? Okay. Yeah. It <laughs> All right. Jamal, Jamal is frozen. So uh, we're going <laughs> to. Uh, 11.45. Okay. All right. Is, is interfering with. You know, causing electromagnetic interference with uh, his internet connection. So is that what it is? That's what it is. <laughs> so, 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 we'll, so we'll go with get, that. Look, we're gonna get started, man. I, 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 I want the scoop. If Vashti has the scoop, so Vashti, let us know your opinion on how training camp is going in Spartanburg right now. Uh, it's it's finally ramping up. The first week was kind of boring. It was a lot like OTAs, um, a lot of position work. Uh, you had seven on seven and you had 11 on 11, no pads. And coach rule said, you know, there was the, per the league mandate, they, they couldn't practice in pads for, I think the first five days. Mm -hmm. And, um, so last week it was the first day in pads was on Tuesday. I wasn't there on Tuesday, but I was there Wednesday through Wednesday, Thursday. And then of course, FanFest on Friday, but the level of competition is definitely ramped up. Right. Thursday was a practice dedicated basically exclusively to scrimmaging. So mm -hmm. that was good to see um, and, and watch those guys basically just play football. And um, so, yeah, you have guys who are making plays. Shy Smith is having a good camp um, and also a good story, a guy who's from right outside of Spartanburg and Union, went to South Carolina, and now he's playing for the Panthers. And it looks like he'll, in a loaded wide receiver room, he may find a spot on the roster oh, wow. uh, with this team. So we'll see. Um, and offenses looked – the practice at Wofford on Saturday when they practiced, mm -hmm. offense looked terrible. Darnold looked off. But this past week in red zone situations – they looked – the offense looked pretty efficient. And then just in general, um, offense looked better than what I expected Darnold right. did. Uh, P.J. Walker has had some moments. Will Greer is not looking good. Oh, what a shock. I'm so shocked, man. Will Greer, I mean, it, it'll – the Panthers will be hard-pressed to find a reason to keep three wide receivers – I mean, three quarterbacks on that roster with the way mm. that Will been playing it just has not been consistent um but you know when you trade up and you get a you with the third pick on a guy Oof. you know third round pick is it's hard it's hard to kind of cut those ties so who knows maybe they'll keep three quarterbacks on the roster but will greer has not i, I, I just I, I he has not been consistent at all 
So um, Skip Bayless was wrong when he said Will Greer is probably the best quarterback prospect in his. No, draft. Skip Bayless being Skip wrong, wrong about his, No, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe anything like that, Rodney. Um, <laughs> what? I, this is the first question I wanted to ask you as soon as you got here. What is going? What were you there when this JT eBay guy? I wasn't uh, there. You were not there. I, um, unfortunately, I was not there. All right. So, but for anybody who doesn't know, uh, someone, some guy named JT eBay, um, apparently, uh, you know, hit Keith Kirkwood so hard that they had to put him, uh, had to take him out on a stretcher. He was cut immediately by Matt Rue and the Panthers. Uh, did you get any, any feeling on, 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 on why Matt Rue acted so swiftly, um, when it came to that, did, did, you know, were you able to get anything from him? I think it was more so a message. I think it was a guy who wasn't going to make the roster in the first place. Yeah. Um, and so when you hit, and honestly, I did not see the hit. I saw a video of the hit, but it wasn't close up. Right. The players reacted in a way that made me, would make you believe that the hit was, was not, uh, would, it was not good in practice, let alone like something that would probably garner a flag during a game. The video I saw looked like a guy who knew that he had to make a play or make an impression in order to make a roster. Um, and so, uh, but, you know, Matt was didn't really say much about it. He just basically said that, you know, it was a, just a move that we made on our roster. But I feel like he was sending a message to guys. Mm-hmm. He has really been honing on in on not making mistakes. I know you guys have heard of the DBO sign. Uh, don't beat ourselves sign. So he doesn't want flags. He doesn't want um, like false start penalties. If you miss an assignment, if you don't catch the ball, it bounces off your hands. And if you make a play like eBay made as far as targeting, like I think those are those are things that he's trying to hone in on. And cutting him right after practice ended was a way to send a message to the guys on the team in general, like, we aren't going to tolerate these type of um, things that will penalize us during a game. Okay, Vash, I have a question. So uh, I've, I've seen some things where, where, where Matt Rule has people running laps. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know, some people say it's kind of juvenile. These are grown men. These are professional players. I don't know, you know. It, it, uh, may, be, it may be a bit, huh? It sounds like college stuff. Like, like he can't get rid of that college coach mentality. I that's a that's that's that was always my question. Like, when you come into the league, these are grown men, and you know you have to cut some of those college type uh, practices um, well, and adjust to coaching grown men. But you know the players now instead of running the laps, they're doing this. You got to run to the hit the "Don't beat ourselves" sign. The first time we saw it was where um, Troy Pride made a play and or he made a bad play. And I could hear uh, Matt Rule basically was like, you know, get your get your ASS off the field. And if you don't want to get off, then you can leave. And we were like kicking him out of practice. No, he was telling him he had to go. They had implemented this don't beat ourselves sign and he had to go touch the don't beat ourselves sign. Um. Maybe it's a way to reinforce it. Uh, you know, Will Greer didn't have a problem with it. Derek Brown said that he didn't have a problem with it. I think if we were to ask a guy like Robbie Anderson, he probably wouldn't be for it. So, you know, some guys don't have a problem with it. Others, you know. Well, you know, when you have a coach that's making more money than half the roster, um, probably thinks he can, you know, get away with stuff like that. So there you have it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So let me ask you a question about J.C. Horn. How has he looked out there? I mean, is, does he look? Does it look like he's worth the number eight pick that we, that we made? I mean, so far, yeah. If he can be a shutdown corner, he's young. Ooh. You know, guy cornerbacks. I would say they usually don't really come into their own until after maybe year, year two. Right. Um, but I do think that he'll be able to make an immediate impact on this team. Oh wow! Uh, and he's a dog. He he's a ball. Uh, ball hawk, um, and he's an aggressive player. Uh, they have Rule and Horn himself has said that there's they are going to have to figure out how to hone in and have a balance between being aggressive 
and not getting flags because in, in a lot of those plays that he would have probably gotten flags for holding um, other penalties like that. But I do think right now, you know, number eight, I think he's going to be a good player. I think okay. he's going to okay. be a good player. Let, let, me, let me ask you uh, specifically, does, has Matt Rule said anything about him being the day one starter at this point? I think he, he's he been taking reps with the first team defense. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And it, and it, and it's him and um uh gosh why am I drawing a blank yeah, yeah, so the one we picked up in free agency right yes um I know you talk about I can't think of the name yeah I I'm gonna have to look it up now but um they've been splitting reps but J C does get a lot of burn with that first team defense speaking of first team I mean how how is how is Dante Jackson looking is he healthy is he making plays in camp or or is he regressing to you? Um, Dante looks like Dante. Uh, I is he talk? That, is he talking a lot in practice? I think that's it. I think if you see Dante Jackson chirping in practice, that's a good sign. Have I you seen any seen of that? Him, I, when he makes plays, but I haven't seen a whole bunch of chirping. No, I haven't okay. seen a whole bunch of chirping from Dante. And um, you know, he says that he's healthy. He doesn't even want to like. When we talked to him last week, there were a lot of questions about the toe. He doesn't even want to hear about a toe. Um, this is a big year for him. It's a contract AJ year for Bouye. him. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that A.J. Bouye, that's it. So um, at at the beginning, Bouye was taking a lot of the first team reps, and now that they have pads on, we've been seeing more of J.C. Horn, them kind of splitting those first team reps um, yeah. on that side of the ball across from Dante Jackson. But yeah, I haven't seen a lot of chirping from Dante Jackson. Um, I think he's trying right now. He's trying to, I guess, I don't know. I I'm was reserving judgment on all these guys until we go to Indy this week and see how they look up against another team. Um, because it's so much that you can do in practice against guys who are on your squad you know, Matt Rule already made it clear that you can't you can't make these physical plays in practice, like you know, um, with the with the cutting of that guy. So we'll see what kind of edge they have when they go up against the Colts this week, preseason and with these joint practices. But Dante looks decent, and he knows he'll brush it off. But he knows he has to have a good year this year, and we'll see whether he whether he thrives under that type of pressure. Gotcha. So, so who has who who else has been kind of in your opinion like kind of standouts and disappointments on the def- on the defense to you? Um, I haven't. You know, somebody asked me about Christian Miller the other day. We know Christian Miller; he sat out last year um, due to COVID. I haven't really noticed him at all during oh, wow. training camp. Uh, so. You know, I, I guess that would kind of be a disappointment. I would, I would expect to see him making more plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he showed flashes in 20, uh, 2019. Right. So, uh, you know, I haven't really, I haven't really heard his name called that much, and I haven't, I haven't seen and watching it with other media members. We haven't. He hasn't really, he hasn't really stood out. Um, as far as Defense, uh, the guys who are good are going to be good. Derrick mm-hmm. Brown is, you know, the, he hopes to make the leap this year. Um, but, you know, he was drawing double teams last year. Hassan Reddick has made – I was looking at some video today. He's made some plays today, apparently. I haven't really seen him do much either during camp where I would take notice and be like, whoa. But, you know, honestly – I don't put too much stock in training camp MVPs and stuff like that because 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 we saw Curtis Samuel Curtis be the Samuel. MVP every year he was here. right and Curtis Samuel always lit up training camp and we didn't really see much from him until this past season but then also <laughs> you know there were he actually had the time to get the ball in his hand and he wasn't fighting uh battling injuries so right. you know I with with, with, with that being said. You know, we said what we said, but at the same time, I think with the especially with the draft class that we had, I think we're all extra interested in what these young guys do and what these draft picks are doing. 
Now, I don't want to read too much into this because I want to ask you about this. Uh, the Carolina Panthers sent out a tweet, and they're saying if you're wondering what jersey that you to snag next, then there's a picture of Tommy Trimble. Should we read into that? Is like he lighting it up in training camp, or is this kind of like, I don't know, the Panthers doing promo on one of the young guys? Dan Arnold is lighting it up, lighting it up in training. Dan Arnold, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. so you know, I Tommy Trimble is, you know, I think they like his edge. He's a he's a real, you know, he's a Matt Rule type guy as far as you know. He wouldn't mind running the laps. You know, he's gonna go hard in practice, but. Everybody's talking about Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold and Darnold have a good connection. Um, so, you know, I if I were buying a rookie jersey, it would either be a horn jersey or a Marshall jersey. That's about to ask you next. <laughs> Terrace? Yeah, Terrace is big. Let me tell you, when I looked at him, I think he's listed at 6'2". When I saw him on the field, this is outside of pads. I was like, Terrence looks big. Like he does not look small. Mm -hmm. And when I was looking at his stats, when they asked, when we asked him, he said he feels like he's 6'4, 220. Like he is a big guy. He's confident. He's got that receiver swag, which I think is important because those skill positions, like you gotta have this like cockiness about you. Right. Yeah. Um, you I, have I, to I, have I, it. Those, those 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 skill position guys like those one on those one on one battles they're more magnified than any one on one battle on the field, you know what I mean. So those secondary guys versus those versus those receivers is always the battles that I, I guess people kind of tune into. You know what I mean. So mm -hmm. with that being said, man, anything that 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 stood out in that regard? Um, no, I mean you see plays by both. You see plays on both sides of the ball. Um, and then also, you know, there's some times where I've noticed that it would be a sack, you know, it, but because it's practice, you know, Darnold's able to release the ball and get it out there. Um, you've seen plays on, on offense and defense when it comes to, to that. They've been working a lot in the red zone, which we know Teddy Bridgewater said that they didn't practice in the red zone during the season. Well, we've been seeing we've been seeing a lot of red zone action um, at training camp. But the one on ones, I would I wouldn't say that one is beating more. You know, one side is dominating more than the other. We've seen plays by on both sides of those balls when it comes to those when it comes to those one on ones. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And 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 finally, I just want to ask you this. Um, Yesterday at FanFest, it was the debut of like uh, the new turf mm -hmm. uh, back at America Stadium. How, how, in your opinion, how did the players like it? Chen said he loves turf. I mean, he played on turf in college. Uh, Christian is really not speaking too much on the turf. He, Christian is basically saying it is what it is. It's he here. Like, it. like we're going to have to adjust to it. Um, they did say that they weren't going full on, you know, they weren't going 100% until they kind of got used to the field, the right. new turf. They had to figure out what kind of cleats they would have to wear. So nobody went nobody went full speed on that turf um, yet. But, you know, you have guys who, who like it. Chin said he feels faster on turf. And you have guys like Christian McCaffrey who's being real PC about it. But I think that he has his concerns, Loki. Man, let me tell you, that is not a good sign, man. I'm sorry. When you're when you're when your zillion dollar year running back doesn't like well, seemingly. I didn't say he didn't like it. I, I see seemingly. He just said, look, look, he was like Cam Newton when you asked him if he was vaccinated. That's the personal thing he was going to talk about. So just move on. Yeah, basically, Christian is like it is what it is, but you know, he has we've heard, we, we've he heard that it. before. Yeah, we've definitely heard that saying before. Now, speaking of uh, of vaccinations, uh, how how prevalent has that conversation been in the locker room during training camp as far as who is, who isn't, and all this stuff that's going on with the vaccinations? The first week, there were a lot of questions about it um, because it was kind of a carryover into what everybody was yeah. talking about in the league. We haven't asked about players being vaccinated since. Every If a player speaks to us, and he doesn't have a mask on, then that player is vaccinated, basically, right, for right. the most part. Um, mm -hmm. 
Denzel Perryman is the only guy who has said, you know, I'm not vaccinated. I'm not getting vaccinated. I don't, you know, it's just, this is just my decision. Uh, but everybody else that we've talked to has been, you know, has been vaccinated. We know that the Panthers have one of the highest vaccination rates in the NFL. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a topic of discussion right now. I mm. do know that um, I'm drawing a blank linebacker. Uh, he tweeted the other day. And I'll have to, I, uh, Panthers, gonna, linebacker? Panthers, linebacker? Panthers linebacker. He tweeted, Jermaine Carter tweeted yeah. the other day about how they're going to Indianapolis. Indianapolis has one of the lowest vaccination rates wow. in the league. And he expressed some concern about the fact that, you know, and the NFL has since loosened those rules, but he can't hug his daughter after practice and everybody in his household is vaccinated, but they can travel to Indianapolis and practice against one of the, mm. one of mm. the team, a team with the, one of the worst vaccination records in the league. So, uh, apparent, I think that's something that the Panthers are thinking about that. It's been, that's been, uh, in the back of, in the back of the players' minds. And I'm sure it's something that coaches, the coaches have to uh, have to think about as they travel, but it's not going to stop the show. They're still going to go to Indy and they're still going to practice and they're going to yeah. still play in a preseason game. All right. All right. All right. I, got, I got a question. Have you seen anything that can indicate the relationship between Matt Rule and Sam Darnold? Because Matt Rule didn't have the best relationship with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and I know it was probably different from training camp than throughout the course of the season. But, um, you know, if, if, are we going to run into another situation where Matt Rule is throwing Sam Darnold under the bus like he did Teddy Bridgewater? Although Teddy Bridgewater crawled under the bus himself a few days ago. <laughs> um, you know, what's that dynamic look like on the field so far? I can't tell. Like, I don't see them. I guess, and I hate to say this, and I hate to bring up this name, but he was going to forever live in Panthers lore. I don't see the type of relationship Cam had kind of with the Rivera. Like, you would always see them off to the side talking. It seemed to be like a very, um, it, more than a coach-player relationship, like right. they were cool, you know? I can't say that I see that between Darnold and Rule. Um, I think that Darnold is still getting his footing. And um, I think that, you know, Matt Rule is still actually, he's still, everybody's still gaining their footing. You know, Darnold is in his first year. Rule is literally only in his second season. And the first season was COVID. So, you know, um, I don't see where they... Nothing sticks out where like, oh, okay, I like the dynamic between these two. I can't say that I've seen that yet. Um, but whenever he's asked about Darnold, he, of course, always says we have full confidence in him. He's doing a great job. Um, but Matt Rule is the type of guy who has no problem with saying if the offense didn't look good and if things need to get better. So, right. uh, you know, I don't see anything chummy chummy, though, if, if that's what you're asking. I don't see that yet. Um, you know, of course, I don't know this at, at all. And, and this is just kind of me speculating, man. But I kind of think Matt Rue is probably just doing this by design. I don't think he wants to be buddy-buddy with anybody just yet. Because it sounds uh, like yeah. he wants to be, you know, we're, we're about winning football games. We're about business. And we don't have any friends right now. I mean, does that kind of sound yeah, accurate I, that's in your perfect, opinion? Jamal. That's yeah. really the perfect way to say it. Like, I don't see him chummy chummy with anybody. Uh, and, and I, like you said, it's probably by design. Um, maybe, you know, if they start, if they have a better season then he'll might loosen up a bit. Right. I wouldn't say that he's a rigid coach, but you know, he knows he needs to win. And David Tepper is like, you know, he, David Tepper is an interesting guy. Like, you know, <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> He's an interesting guy. <laughs> and you know, it's like Big Brother is like on your shoulder. And he knows that, you know, it you ha you're gonna have to show results. And he and he knows that. And so um yeah, I don't think he's chummy chummy with anybody at this point. They <laughs> haven't they haven't done anything for him to be. 
Have there have there been any Tepper sightings at training camp? He was there on Thursday, the day that they did all, or Friday. Friday was when they did all that. Wait, wait, Friday. No, Fan Fest was on Friday. My bad. Fan Fest was on Friday. Um, and Thursday, when they did all that uh, scrimmaging, Tepper was at practice. That was the was first it, practice we've seen him at. Was Vi Lyles there? No, don't don't answer that. I'm, I'm just joking. Man. <laughs> I'm just... Hey, hey, yo, I, I, I have an interesting quote. I have an interesting quote. Um, basically, uh, I was told the Rock Hill uh, thing was pushed back a year to 2023 when it be completed. Uh, Nick Carboni tweeted on the Rock Hill uh, headquarters, simply said, it's going to be something to see. It's going to be something to uh, to see again. Uh, if you like the Avengers, it'll be the, like the Avengers headquarters. That's what he said. He said on the broadcast during Fan Fest that the that the that'll look like the Avengers headquarters. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that sounds. Guy, What's wrong with that though? Like all the Avengers died in the. We, we remember that, right? <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like, I was waiting on you. <laughs> you, know, that was- you know, I mean, I'm just saying, that's not a good analogy. The business headquarters did get destroyed. Um, that, that, that was the worst analogy possible, dude, because that was yeah. the first thought I had. I was like, uh, well, I hope we go have some different results than the, than the Avengers did. So, um, hey, cool, I guess, man. I, I want to address one of the questions that was asked in the chat about uh, Joe Brady. Um, a lot of people think he's going to eventually make the jump to the NFL head coach. And where does that leave the Panthers? Uh, we saw with the previous regime that, you know, we had a, a great young offensive coordinator who left, in, you know, at the beginning of Cam Newton's career, and we were never happy with uh, – Oh, boy. Um, even though we went to a Super Bowl, but fans were never quite that happy with the job he did. So – if Brady were to leave next season, well, first of all, let me ask, does the offense look any different? I know that they didn't have this kind of uh, preseason offseason last season, but uh, does it look like you know, any evolution in what Joe Brady is doing with the team? Like, is he running Christian McCaffrey, you know, you know five times a series? Or, uh, you know, is, is a lack of continuity going to be an issue with the Panthers if Joe Brady were to leave? I, I do see more balance in the plays that they're running. Um, that doesn't mean that'll translate to games because right. for some reason, people feel like Christian McCaffrey is just this crutch that they could, this workhorse or this crutch that they can always go to. And I hope that that doesn't happen this year. But last year when Christian did play, we saw that that's what happened. Um but I have seen um, in offensive series, they've been mixing the mixing, um, getting the ball around more. Um, you know, I, I'm not on this Joe Brady train yet. I just haven't seen enough from him. I and I get that every league, this is the NFL is a copycat league, so everybody is trying to to reincarnate the next Sean McVay. And I think that if if the Panthers have a winning season and the offense is even just a little bit better than it was last year, Brady will probably be gone for that very reason. That being said, I don't see where he's this offensive genius where he wouldn't be able to be replaced. Right. Um, so I, I, that's how I feel about that. I personally would like to see them air the ball out more. And that's just my that's just my personal observation. We do see some long passes, not enough though. Um, and what I the, the last thing I think this team needs to do is to get into another mode where they start checking down. We heard about check down Teddy last year, and you know I don't want Darnold to get in the habit of doing that. Steve Smith said on the te- on the broadcast that he hates check downs. Check downs is kind of <laughs> like a cop is like a cop out, you know. Mm. Say so that's the worst thing you can do as a quarterback is is check down. With all of the talent that they have on offense, like if if Darnold, he has the arm strength, just chuck that thing up there like and and let and let your receivers make plays. I would like to see more of that um and, and during this training camp, and maybe hopefully we'll see more of that during the during the um, during the season. But 
So that that's one observation about that. But as far as Joe Brady, he seems to be mixing the ball up more. Um, but I don't see any type of real like, whoa, you know, he's doing this with the offense. No, we, I don't. I haven't seen anything that's made me uh, that has given me any pause. Man, I thought he was a genius. Oh man! So, uh, <laughs> so uh, oh, darn. <laughs> God darn it! Uh, just finally, you, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. Are they using Chuba Hubbard like that, or? Um. Yeah, he's been in there. Uh, he's had his moments, uh, but also. I don't know how much they'll sub him in. I think I think that Christian will be the, the workhorse. So so fifty again. touches a game again for Christian. Run him into the ground. Yeah, let's run this guy to the ground. I yeah, hope baby. not. I really hope not. But I don't really see Carolina being a two back system like we've seen in the past with kind of like um uh, D'Angelo and uh, David. Stu. Uh, a Stu. Yeah, D'Angelo yeah. and Stu. Like, I actually like that two back system, that fire and ice, like they had la- that time. And, and that's why I thought they drafted a guy like Chuba Hubbard. I thought right. he was going to be the power guy, the goal line situation guy. While I don't Christian, see that, yeah. That, that's, to me, is, I don't know. Then why even draft a guy like that? You know what I mean? But and, I think somebody said insurance. Anthony said insurance. It's. Okay. Well, well uh, didn't 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 somebody's wife want it? Chuba, let me quit. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, um, on, <laughs> what happened? No, 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 no. We're not going to go there. <laughs> Please, I'm in the dark. Oh, after so, 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 so the, the the word was that uh, Matt Rule's wife, she's an Oklahoma State alone. Okay. And she wanted Chuba. She told him about Chuba, and he took Chuba. Oh, okay. Yeah, great, great draft strategy there. <clears throat> yeah, man. Don't even really have a GM. My wife went to University of South Carolina, and that's why we drafted JC Horn. Okay, so uh, <laughs> a bunch of people that just make decisions and they all agree. Hey, man, look, look, I want to work for the Panthers one day, so we're gonna talk, stop talking about them. So, uh, we'll talk about the Hornets, man. So, uh, it's been an eventful week, and uh. I would like Jamal Kaiser and Vashti to share their thoughts about the trading of Devontae Graham, a restricted free agent. I will go first, man. Losing Devontae well, Graham. Well, so. Hold on, hold on. Oh, I'm going okay. to give you the framework. I'm going to give you the framework. Let me you back traded Devontae for a protected first that conveys into two seconds if they may, if they miss the playoffs this year, uh, Wesley Iwandu and the draft rights to Tyler Harvey. All right, losing Devontae Graham sucks. However, I could not justify the Charlotte Hornets paying him anything over $10 million a year, which he got in New Orleans. Devontae Graham was the heart and soul of this team. You know, we we loved what he could, what he gave Charlotte, man. Uh, you know, all of his hard work, his energy. Uh, he was a guy who organized the offense, and he's a guy when he gets hot, man, he's really dangerous when he gets hot, but you always worried about consistency with Devontae Graham. And when he left, at that point in time, I told y'all, you know, there was a big hole with backup point guard, and this was before the Ish Smith signing, have you, or what have you. Um, to get that kind of haul for a guy that you drafted in the second round, it, it I don't see what the complaint is. I'm sorry. To get that kind of return for Devontae Graham, you can't really ask for much more. Uh, this fan base has been clamoring for a GM to – uh, you know, uh, upgrade talent, get us more assets, everything you can think of. Mitch Kupchak did that with this one move. Now, we're going to get to the other moves in a minute. I'm not, I'm not even talking about these, the other stuff. But with this Devontae, Devontae Graham deal, to get back possibly two picks and a player for a guy that you draft in the second round, what more could you ask for? Yeah, so, I mean – I was wrong on this one. I really thought the Hornets would would retain Devontae Graham um, because they had the cap space to do so. However, there was a report that came out from, from a source that has been seen as fairly unreliable in the Twitter circles. Yeah, he's bad. But uh, like he, he did make a tweet that the Hornets had planned to retain Devontae Graham by matching any offers uh, that he got. And that Devontae himself 
went to the Hornets front office and asked to be either let go on free agency or traded because he didn't like his diminished role behind LaMelo Ball. I guess I could kind of see that because Devontae Graham, he started for us the season previous, and I think he feels like he's a starter-level NBA player, and he is. Uh, his splits as a starter, 16-6-3, that's starter-level in today's league. Um, however, I don't know if I really believe that. I never got any indication. Now, granted, we aren't like really close to the locker room, but I never got any indication that he was unhappy with his role in backing up LaMelo Ball. He seemed very accepting that he was going to come and lead the second offense. And, you know, that's the, the player he was going to be. So I don't know if I be necessarily believe that report that Devontae wanted to be let go if he was going to be a backup. Um, but at the same time, I do find it odd that the Hornets did not match. I, I really, I really do. And the, the sign and trade was kind of like, um, okay, well, you know, if we're going to let you go, then we need something uh, in, in return. And you know, right, right. we have to deal with New Orleans. And like Jamal said, to get all these assets for you know a second round pick, who was a G leaguer, by the way, you know, the, so, I mean, think about what the Hornets did. They flipped Shea Gilders Alexander to Miles Bridges and Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham comes in the league, he goes to the G League, he comes out, has a breakthrough uh, sophomore season, um, most improved player candidate, uh, quality NBA starter, and then you're able to trade him for assets. I mean, isn't that what teams are supposed to do? You build up, you develop guys, and if they don't work out, then then you get more assets for them. I mean, Mitch Kupchak knows what he's doing, and it's, it's really hard to, to find fault in the way Mitch Kupchak is building this team. He has said – my job here is to make sure every season the roster is better than it was the previous season. And, the, and you know, losing Devontae Graham hurts, but there's a method to the madness. I really do right. think that right. part of making the roster better. Right. And, and, and real quick, man, um, if there was a problem with Devontae Graham's diminished role because he's playing behind LaMelo Ball, uh, that's too damn bad. That's LaMelo Ball. Sorry. Hey, man, have a nice career, buddy, but we we, we got something special, man. So. Yeah, I think Devontae knew everyone in the locker room could see how special LaMelo Ball was. That's why I don't think Devontae complained at all when he lost his starting spot to injury. You never like to see – you know, there's uh, NFL and NBA coaches feel like you should never lose your starting spot due to injury. But in this case, it was – you know, once LaMelo started, it was clear. Well, he's never yeah. done the bench. And I think Devontae Graham knew that. So <laughs> I, I could see Devontae, like like Chris says in the chat, he has a chance to start in New Orleans. Uh, you know, more power to him. Leaving, you know, it's 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 possibly going to be a better fit for him there. Yeah, right, 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 right. And so uh, we signed Ish Smith, Charlotte born, Concord raised Ish Smith to a two year, nine point two three million dollar deal. Uh, I think that second year has an option. Uh, as our backup point guard, is that enough? I'm going to tell you why it, it, it could possibly be enough. Because what this does is it gives the opportunity for LaMelo Ball to finally get all the minutes that his fans says that he deserved last year. So <laughs> if LaMelo's playing starters minutes and you got Is Smith coming off the bench only giving you 10 to 15 minutes, why wouldn't it work out? Is Smith is a Hornets killer, by the way. He's the guy that always kills us when he plays us. And he's been a solid point guard for a long time in this league. He's played for, what, 12 different teams, man. Jesus he's a – yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's a pro's pro, man. And, he, and I, I think a backer role in this team is like a perfect fit for Israel. So I think it, it, it could work out well for us, man. I do. Borrego made a statement this week that he had a bunch of kids running around, mm. you know, that he needed – he needed some vets. <laughs> Look at Vastai's face. Yeah, he said that. He said that. They're running around. They're a bunch of children running around. They're all like 19. Which is true. I mean, I don't know if I put it like that, though. He said it jokingly. He said it jokingly. It was kind of tongue in cheek, but Borrego has been like that. He's never held his tongue on what he thought about the team composition, like this comments he made about. Trying to find a center, like, hey, I've been waiting three years for the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you that looking was, at that was my favorite, by the way. Yeah, 
So, you know, but, but he was right. The Hornets don't really have any veteran leadership. This Smith has played for 12 different and, NBA. And, and it's also important to know Terry Rozier pretty much said the same thing without, you know, saying it as tongue-in-cheek as Borrego did. Exactly, yep. So, you know, you got a guy – I I think people kind of discount the impact that Tony Parker had in the, the long season yeah. he was here. Now, we didn't make the playoffs, and that was very sad, but – you could see a difference in the team with Tony Parker out there. There were some times where Tony Parker saved our butt because Kemba Walker was just so tired from having a back in the team. Um, yeah, Malik, Malik Monk said that too, that, you know, there was no better. Yeah, I know. That's, that's good, good, goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> goodbye. Um, you know, the, so I, I, the Ishmith signing – you know, I like it as far as backup point guards go. It, it's never hurts to have a veteran and come in and teach some of these guys. Um, I don't know, like, what LaMelo Ball could learn from Ishmith from a basketball standpoint, but I'm sure he could teach a lot of guys in his locker room how to be a pro. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm going to read this Malik Monk comments, and I, I want I want Vashti's opinion on these comments. Malik Monk says he was drawn into signing with the Lakers by the franchise and environment in part by a desire to learn how to be a pro after being on teams dominated by younger players in Charlotte. Was that shade? I mean, a little bit of shade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Malik's, Malik Monk's time in Charlotte has not been easy, you know. I mean. I mean some of this is on doing, though. It, absolutely. Oh, I, I wouldn't say not, some. Yeah, it's, it, most of it is his own doing. Um, so yeah, it hasn't been an easy time and he hasn't met the expectations that, that he had coming in. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it may be a little shade, but there's truth in that as well. Yeah. You know, you, he's going to the Lakers. He's going to team up with LeBron and, and AD. No, 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 and, he's not going to team up with those guys. He will be. He'll be on the team. He'll be on the team. He'll be on the team with these guys, but absolutely, it'll be a different experience than being with the Hornets. And I'm sure he'll he will learn a lot from it. So and there's a bit of shade in it, but there's some truth in it as well. I'm not. I'm not mad at the comment. You know, when, when you're a lottery a lottery pick, you come to a team full of youngsters. Because the team, that's why you're a lottery pick. The team sucks. That's why the Hornets are able to pick you with the ninth pick. Malik Bridgewater. I don't know if I go that far, man. That's kind of, kind of but I, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, what do you expect Malik Monk to say? I expect him to say, hey, I want to thank the Charlotte Hornets for taking a chance on me and standing by me. Uh, time and time with, again. Exactly, with my problems. Well, one of the things a lot of people don't realize about the, the drug program suspension was that Malik Monk was playing while he was in the drug program because because he came forward himself and didn't uh, test positive on the test initially. He, that's why he was not suspended initially. He was allowed to keep playing, even though he had gone to the team and said, hey, I'm doing some hard stuff here. In the, and he saw an increase in playing time. He was averaging 25 minutes a game uh, in the time uh, from the All-Star break to the time that uh, he got suspended. 25 minutes a game is what Borrego was giving him while he was in the drug program, and he failed. I don't really want to hear anything the league monk has to say about, you. Uh, you know, what kind of organization the Hornets was. The Hornets actually, and we've said this before, they had the right to cut him after he failed the drug program without any cap hit. That was as part of the CBA. The Hornets could have said, you know what? We don't want you on the team. Get out of here. And they would have recouped $4 million a year. They chose not to. Um, and that's what Malik Monk has to learn as a part. He's got to take some responsibility and have some humility. And hopefully he'll learn that from, you know, Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James, you know, in L.A., but uh, now nah, who's being shady? <laughs> but to imply that you know he, he couldn't learn how to be a pro because it was a bunch of young guys running around. Mm. I mean, and, 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 and that's a clear slap in the face to Kimba, Marvin, uh, Tony, Tony, Tony Parker, Kobe, Dwight. 
the white house well i don't well let's leave the white out of this now um because boy oh boy i don't want to talk about professional and dwight howard here in charlotte but that's another story for another day hey man stop doing that man don't do that i'm sorry all right but 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 here's my thing man and i'm sorry for any children or sponsors who are listening to this but i don't want to hear this shit from malik monk i i don't man dude there were two he played just like we alluded to. He played with too many veterans who were who were pros, pros for him to make that statement. And to me, it was just him talking out of his ass, dude. Like, uh, look, for all the reasons we just said, the, the Hornets have stuck by him through thick and thin. Michael Jordan, Mitch Kupchak, Rich Cho, all these guys gave him multiple opportunities to succeed here in Charlotte. He did not take the best advantage of it. Man, good luck in, in in L.A., man. Good luck getting the ball from LeBron and Westbrook and everybody else. You don't else. mean that, Jamal. Ha- have at it, man. I, I'm sick of hearing about Malik Monk this week. I, I am. I'm, I'm over this dude. You know like, what? That- I think the Hornets are too nice to players. No, uh, um, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, think about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to take a step back. Like, I, I, I've heard that they've been kind of cruel in a way with some things, but – we talk about that off camera, but yeah, it's 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 a delicate balance that they haven't mastered. Let's just put it like that. Okay, no, yeah, I'll, no, I'll certainly buy that. It's just that yeah. when Malik Monk, I I never got that the team didn't like him. We Michael Jordan loved Malik Monk. I don't care what anybody said. We've never seen Michael Jordan interact on the court like that with any other player in the history of the franchise. Is is long as Michael Jordan's been associated with Charlotte basketball, like he has with Malik Monk. He's out there treating him like his, like his little brother or something uh, like that. You have the greatest basketball player of all time in your corner, and you're going to be like, well, you know, no one was there to teach me how to be a pro. Uh, yeah. yeah, just just stop, man. Let, let, let's yeah. move on to people yeah. who matter. Let's let's move on to basketball players who actually matter and play for the Charlotte Hornets now. I'm okay, sick okay of this so dude, uh, we, we signed Kelly Oubre. Who is a uh, social media star? The ladies call him the new copy. Um, to a two-year, twenty-five million-dollar deal. Uh, be expect to see weird comments on things we post. Um, hey, that's a win for for light-skinned dudes everywhere. I'm really proud. Oh, Kelly Oubre, welcome to Light Skin Nation. <laughs> welcome. It, 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 Are you light skin, Jamal? I oh, don't even try that. Don't even try that. You, you see this big old head reflecting off this camera. Don't don't try that. Twitter had a ball with that, with with all of the guys on the team saying you just can't bring your girl to the to the Hornets game this coming season. <laughs> oh yeah, don't. Too many, too many light skin guys with, with light eyes. Yeah. No more. Oh, and, and speaking of light skin, they they they, they waved a light skin guy named Caleb Martin. Uh, <laughs> always so, a trade off. Sort of even the balance. You uh, can't have too many. Can't have too many. And then finally, we extended Coach James Morego, which was needed and kept, and is going to cap off a wonderful offseason by the Hornets. I don't know why y'all like Morego so much. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, hey! Don't we're not we're not doing that here. Okay, we're not doing it here. All right. Don't, we'll no, talk. no. First of all, with the new contract, I can't wait to the first press conference because his his joint gonna be no that shape up is gonna be elite. You hear me? Line up. Nobody still nobody knows. Danny Thompson, if you find out where JB gets his haircut, let me know because let me know, man. I need that in my life. But (laughs) I'm happy with the Borrego re-signing. I I feel like you you have to give him a chance to finally play the team that he has built and developed. This was Finally, the, the remnants of the Cho regime are finally gone with Biombo and Kelly, Cody Zeller and Malik Monk gone. That's it. This is this is now fully Mitch Kupchak and James Borrego's team. So now he has a chance to see what what he can do with it. And I think I think that he is he has earned that. James Borrego, now to be fair, he's had some missteps because you know essentially he's a, a rookie head coach. He was a rookie head coach when the Hornets brought him on. So, um, you know, you have to let coaches get their footing, and this will have been his fourth season, and I think he found it. I mean, the Hornets would have been a playoff team last season if Gordon Hayward, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, Devontae Graham, just start naming people. If they hadn't all got injured at the same time. The trainer, uh, Michael, all, all of them. I don't know. You need one game to make, make the playoffs, and you lose, what, five five in a row? 
Like that's coaching. Yeah. I mean, you need oh, well, one game, one they, game. That's playing like, Caleb Martin starters minutes. That one <laughs> game. Speaking of Come that, on. Ronnie. Speaking of that, Kaiser. Speaking of that, vast time of that one game where you had to play your twins 30, 35 minutes a game. Yeah. Mitch Kupchak alluded to the fact that you know the, the main reason why the Hornets did not make the the ultimately make the playoffs is because they did not have enough talent to sustain all of the injuries. <laughs> the the main thing we've been hearing from Mitch Kupchak all offseason, even before the season somewhat, he's been saying we need to infuse more talent on this team. I It is my job to upgrade the talent on this team because the main reason we didn't get where we wanted to go is because of injuries and we did not have enough talent to back it up. To Rodney's point, you cannot play Ke- – Caleb and Cody Martin, 30 minutes a game, and expect to beat any of those teams that were in contention for that same playoff spot that we were looking for. Um, I don't know what the record was when Gordon Hayward actually played, but the record when he played tells us a whole lot, especially when we were in the fourth seed while he was the starter on the Charlotte Hornets. He gets injured, and it all falls falls apart. It's not a coincidence. The great white hope. Well, whatever he is, the bitch cup check knows that he can't claim, go I down. Him is light skin. I claim Lord Henry is, is light skin. <laughs> That's a stretch, buddy. <laughs> not with that haircut. No, 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 no. <laughs> he, can he, can be, he can be part of the team. But, but uh, yeah, the, the Hornets lack depth. And I think with moving Caleb Martin off the team, uh, bringing in Kelly Oubre, bringing in Ish Smith, I think we have a little bit more depth than we had before I, I think the Hornets from a talent standpoint aren't are a whole whole lot better than they were last season because losing Devontae Graham but picking up Kelly Oubre kind of offsets each other, you know. But drafting Book Knight, Kai Jones, right? right. Uh, I think if those guys develop the way we, we think that they will, then the Hornets will be much, much, much better. Um, and, and, and real quick. Um, the statement behind, the, you know, the extension with Brego's uh, contract was they they really liked the way that he has developed our players. So con- so contrary to popular belief of some of our fans who saying that the coaches have no, uh, you, you know, they play no part in player development. Uh, it seems to be a myth, according to Mitch Kupchak. So All right. there you have it. Well, that's why the Hornets hired him. Four years ago, they said. We want someone who can come and develop players because Steve Clifford wasn't doing that. And that's what he's done. Even if he may not have always made the best coaching decisions, he's done exactly what the Charlotte Hornets have asked him to do. So now they're going to ask him, okay, you've developed these guys. Now let's see what you can do. And real real quick, Summer League, uh, 6 o'clock, NBA TV, Hornets and Spurs. Check it out. Yep, and before we move on, I'm going to say this. P.J. Washington is going to have a killer year. Uh, that bounce back is something else. Once you get played, you play hard. Okay. Wait, wait, so, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to hurry up and cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Do we, know, do we know that that happened for real? He so, said it. He, Suckers get licked no, every day. You talking about you talking about the deleted tweet? No, no, no. I, I don't even know the deleted tweet. Yeah, I have no knowledge of that. I'm he, just talking about. He said, being, being "Oh, a girl sucker. played him." I, I believe. Well, I, look, she wrote a book, Vashti. Come on now. No, 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 no. Part of that is 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 his 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 old heads didn't tell him about like, hey man, look, stay clear of this, or he just didn't want to listen. I mean, it's look, it's unfortunate. Suckers get licked every day. Oh my gosh! Let's 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 let's, let's go to let's go to shout out. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> real, real, real quick, Laurie Markkinen. Uh, yeah, yeah Rodney, Rodney, what you got on that? Because you seem to be um, the most informed on on that. I'm thinking if they get him, it's going to be for the full mid level exception, three years. I think twenty seven to, to twenty eight million, uh, which would be a pretty pretty good steal. Now. Coming off the bench. Question behind it. Let let let's let's say that happens. Are we definitively a more talented team than we were from last season? We're a deeper team. Uh, I mean, it's to me. To me, what's interesting is we have at that point we have more tradable contracts. Yeah. Uh, the eight million range, Plumley, uh, uh, Pretty Boy with twelve and a half. Um, <laughs> 
Lori with nine, Ish with four. Like, like those are movable pieces, and we have we still have our own draft picks, and so it, it, it can all be part of a plan to upgrade the team, uh, upgrade the team in the future. Yeah. All right, let's go to shout outs. I, I'm gonna start it off first, man. Uh, I want to say rest in peace to our uh, a longtime viewer, Stepling Gray, aka 704 Charlotte Bound. Yeah, sad uh, stuff, man. Sad stuff, man. He passed away uh, a couple days ago. Uh, crazy thing is, he was even commenting in the group the day before he passed. Uh, he would always share our stuff, reach out, like, comment in, in the comment section, man. And we're going to miss you, man. And uh, he was a, a, a true Charlotte guy through and through, man. We, we Look, we even went to school together. I didn't even realize it. But, uh, man, uh, just RP to you. And then uh, shout out to Kimball Walker for going back to New York. You got out Congrats, there, man. Zonas, Oklahoma City. You go. You gonna be a Nick, and you're not gonna make the playoffs either. What boy? Shots fired. Hey, y'all saw y'all saw <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll go next, man. Uh, shout out to Alex and Felix, man, who won her tenth medal in the Olympics over the weekend, man. And I, I, I it's just really funny. How I, I don't see her all over my timeline and all over the news. That's interesting, but that's another kind of conversation for another day. Uh, shout at the men's uh, track team who isn't worth the crap and who doesn't terrible. even qualify. They are they are terrible. And, and shout out for Carl Lewis for calling it out because that is absolutely unacceptable, man. Um, shout out to to Vastai for coming on, man. Thank you for coming on. You always uh, it's always an added added. <laughs> pleasure for you to come on our show you bring so much to us man so don't forget about us when you get big because you, you know how you do um oh shout, out, <laughs> shout out to uh any new fans we have in the chat today man thank you for coming on please like share subscribe john thank you for coming on man uh shout out to everybody who's continuing to uh, uh like and support under construction man so shout out to y'all uh shout out to Tareg hamedi i hope i pronounced that right uh, from Saudi Arabia, he is an Olympic, an Olympian competing in point karate, which is the first year that point karate, um, full contact karate, has been in the Olympics. And the reason I'm shouting him out is because he knocked his opponent out and lost the gold medal because of that. Point karate knocking your opponent out is illegal, uh, which is the dumbest thing <laughs> I have ever heard in any sport ever. Uh, in the gold medal match, it would have been the first ever gold medal for the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Uh, his opponent accidentally walked into a kick, made the kick a lot harder than it should have been, knocked his opponent out. His opponent couldn't get up. They deemed it, they deemed the kick too hard, and he got the silver medal. So his opponent got knocked out and won a gold medal. How that makes sense to me uh, is, is that it just, it just doesn't. But Tarek Hamedi, um, as like a true martial artist, uh, you know, he respected the, the judges and the referee's decision, bowed and accepted his medal uh, with grace. Hopefully the Olympics gets this right. If combat sports are the only Olympic sports I watch. Um, and hopefully they get, they get this right uh, if they want to keep point karate, which I think is stupid anyway, but if they want to keep it as, a, as an Olympic sport. Also, another shout out to um, uh, Bill Simmons, has a documentary series on HBO Max called Music Box. The first episode was on Woodstock 99. Go watch that. It's absolutely insane. And I, I remember wanting to go to Woodstock 99, but I joined the military. And I'm glad I, I served in a war. <laughs> and I would have rather have done that than gone to Woodstock 99 than after <laughs> watching that documentary. Um, absolutely crazy point in, in as far as you know pop culture history, and, and I think a lot of what happened there uh, kind of permeates down to our current uh social economic situation in the United States. All right, Bash, I got a quick shout out. Uh, Asia Wilson and the women's uh USA team, Asia has dominated. Women's basketball the last four years. Let's see what NCAA champion, number one draft pick, rookie of the year, um, WNBA MVP, kilted in the Olympics. 
from Columbia, South Carolina. Her grandfather was actually the pastor of my family church. So oh, shout wow. out St. John Baptist Church. Um, so yeah, shout out Asia Wilson. All right. Well, guys, hey, hey. a lot of new guys in the chat today. I want to thank you guys. Come, Come back and back. see us, please. Come yeah. back to see us. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, shout out to the Kevin Durant slanderers. They did win the gold medal. Peace shout out. out to Kevin Durant calling out Perkins. Yeah, he that was weird. Perkins doesn't need to be on TV anymore.